going to do this. Listeners, we're back. You're listening to another exciting episode of Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. We are a podcast that talks about a horror movie which we will spoil. First, we talk about the recently watched, which we will try not to spoil. We thank the Moonrays for giving us that song, Intro Creature Features, at the top of the show. You can find the music on Amazon or Apple Music, where you can buy it digitally, and say hello to them on Facebook, where they are the Moon-Rays. And uh, we're not professional critics. We don't claim to be. We're just three friends talking about some movies. So this is a casual conversation format, right? Yeah. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Okay, good. Because as usual, we can hear each other fine, but we can't hear ourselves quite as well. Yeah. yeah. You may have a slight echo, but... Oh, yeah. It's probably because your mic's picking me up or something. Yeah. I don't know. You just sound like you're sitting in the bathroom. Yeah, we might as well just all <laughs> just get a row of three toilets and just all sit and do this podcast. Uh, we're your hosts. I'm Richard. I'm here with Will. Hello. And Jolian. Hello. Cough, cough. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we're we're in Denver and it is hazy. We got forest fires on top of just a little bit of pollution that we make ourselves. <laughs> Brown haze all through my brain. <laughs> Ninth most polluted city on the planet. We were number one yesterday. Were we? Yes. Oh, so we've fallen down. Yeah. Mm, come on, Denver. Yeah, get we with were it. number one. Johannesburg was number two. Really? We were worse than Johannesburg. Man. Or better. Oh, yeah. However you want to think about it that way. We're number, number one. Number one. We're number one. <laughs> Uh, so guys, um, since we did this last, uh, we've probably all watched a few things. Yeah. Who wants to start it? I'll go ahead. All right, Will, kick it. All right. Let's start it off watching something called Freaky. The actual title is Freaky Friday the 13th. <laughs> really? Yes. Uh, it's Vance Vaughn and some teen girl. And he's a serial killer, a lot like Jason, who shows up every year or something, 12 years, I don't know. Uh, There's some sort of legend behind it all. Um, You know, he's vaguely supernatural sounding at first. Uh, Anyway, they switch bodies, if you've seen Freaky Friday. Yeah. Or Friday the 13th. Yeah. You've got it. (laughs) <laughs> freaky this, this Friday the thirteenth last year came out last year. They call it just Freaky, which is unfortunate. That is. I'm guessing they couldn't get Friday the thirteenth, mm-hmm. right? Um, you put that sequence of words in and copyright. Yeah, so it pops up on the on the the title Freaky, and then a little bit of movie plays, and then there's another cut, like another cold open, and then Friday the thirteenth appears. Right. And so. <clears throat> so they play it as though it's a title? 
Yeah. Like a title card. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So this is kind of like a uh, Wheel of Fortune when they do before and after. Exactly. Freaky. That is, I, it probably came up on Wheel of Fortune, Freaky Friday the 13th, and that's as far as the script got. <laughs> yeah. Or should have. Um, we watched, uh, what was that, Leslie Vernon? Yeah, The Rise of mm-hmm. Leslie Vernon. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that was quite That fun. movie was everything that this movie wanted to be, mm-hmm. but just... Um, maybe if it had come out 20 years ago, it would have been fresh, but it just felt very stale. Um, I don't know. Didn't hold my attention and it's only 90 minutes long. Um, couple of good, if not completely impractical kills (laughs) in it. I, I will give them that. They did kill a lot of people at first you were you felt like they weren't going to kill anyone it kind of drug on you're like oh they killed a whole bunch of people right off the bat like five kids at a party or something and then there's no kills for a long time and then finally you know they 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 start back up anyway i probably miss it unless you're bored and you've watched everything else on hbo max um then i watched something called parallel which uh Low-budget, total B-movie about a group of friends who are, uh, (coughs) excuse me, app designers who have just lost their last project and they're uh, finally giving up and deciding to go their separate ways, as friends do in movies. Um, When they find a secret room in the house they've been renting... It's in Seattle, and uh, inside the inside the uh, the attic, the secret room, uh, they find a mirror that's a portal to. Um, at first, they think they just go back in time about fifteen minutes, but they realize no, they're jumping back in time and to a different reality. Hmm. Um, and that time moves quicker when you're over there, so. You go over there and you can spend a week and come back and it's only been an hour or something here. Oh, neat. Um, what they decide to do with their their newfound powers is really pretty original. <laughs> I'm not going to say the movie was great. The acting was average. The characters were pretty predictable. Uh, if you caught it on a on an sort of off day, I could see being like, "This movie's crap." But I liked the little twist they did because I did not see it coming. I did not see what their plan was coming. the The way it plays out, and you know, is again kind of by the numbers. Again, it's not a you know super groundbreaking movie, but that little twist I think entertained me enough that I watched the rest of it and I was like, "All right," and then there's a kill at the end that is pretty, pretty great. <laughs> All right. What's the title of this again? Parallel. Parallel. Okay. I think Richard would really like this movie. <laughs> this felt a lot like uh, Time Crimes or... Primer. Primer, that sort of thing. Maybe not Coherence. quite as smart. Coherence is a big one. Uh. Because when they go to the other worlds, there's other thems. Uh-huh. There that they 
might have to deal with. Somebody should do a comedy called Those Thems. Those Thems. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Copyright. And th- then... Uh, oh, I just watched the the two that were uh, this week's movies. Okay. Or two of the movies we could have watched. And then I watched uh, Star Trek Discovery. Oh, God, we're trying to get through it. Is it a slog? Oh, it's a slog. We I only have two more episodes. Three. Yeah. Ugh. Just so much promise in season three has just dissipated. Oh. Like somebody in a teleporter. <laughs> um, I really like the first two. I really liked the first one. I thought the first one was great. I thought the second one was pretty good. I think the third one is just kind of meandered. Um, they gave, I'm not going to give too much away, but <clears throat> their solution, their deus ex machina for the problem that the season is facing, we'll say, you know, the, the Federation is facing for this season. Um, Star Trek's always got crazy solutions, but I'll go along with it if you, if you built it up right, if you, uh... I mean, most of it is just how you build it up, how you reveal it. It can be pseudoscience I mean, they say Star Trek is sci-fi, but it's space magic. You can't convince me otherwise. It's space magic. They might as well have wizards. Um, you can merge Star Wars and Star Trek, I think. I used to think that you couldn't do that, but now, yeah, it's all space magic. Anyway, their answer was so space magic-y, I... I was just like, no, what? No. And that's after a long slog of uh, not a lot happening. One positive, though, David Cronenberg appears in a couple episodes. <laughs> nice. You know, I, I watched it and I saw him and I was like, no. And then I forgot because he's only a couple scenes. And at the end, the, you know, the credits go and I see David Cronenberg. And I'm like, Oh my god, it was David Cronenberg. Wow, he has giant glasses now with thick, thick lenses like George Romero. Oh, wow. He's directing uh, Crimes of the Future now. Ooh, that sounds good. Anything he does, I'll watch. Yeah, that's one of his early, early uh, films. Oh, okay. Crimes of the Future. Like a, uh, his experimental film. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's doing a new version. Sounds good. And then we watched a couple episodes of Euphoria, which is uh, really, really good if uh, not kind of uh, depressing and maybe a little harrowing. So, hmm. but I've I enjoyed it a lot. I'm sad favorite, we only have one more episode. One of my favorite uh, science fiction novel series is um, Dan Simmons's uh, Hyperion series. Uh huh. And there's a there's a lot of that in season two of Discovery. Oh like, yeah, there's kind of Shrike characters in there. There's lots of romantic poetry in there. It's, yeah, uh, they, they've obviously read it. They've they in the third season. There's a no spoiler. They go to the thirty first century, or the thirty second, nine hundred thousand years into the future, which I was really excited for. But they've done almost nothing with it. Hmm. It just seems like they could have gone to a different part of the galaxy. The tech has gotten a little different. Like, they now have personal transporters and whatnot. But for the most part, it's it's 
just way in the background. It's not really built up at all. And I was hoping we would get more of the future. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then the little dilemma that's facing everybody or that has faced everybody in the future because the Federation's on hard times. Um, <clears throat> yeah, like I said, the, the answer to it is just, oof, I don't know. <laughs> Space magic. Space magic. And then uh, that, that the two uh, party or beach movie monsters. Beach monster mm-hmm. bingo. Beach monster bingo. I think that's what we should call this episode. Okay. I think we should. <clears throat> that's Jolene, it for me. Jolene, you want to go next? Uh, yeah, I've um, got a couple of uh, my projects are finally coming out. So um, Classic Monsters Unmade, mm-hmm. which is uh, Universal Classic Monsters and Hammer. Uh, monsters, uh, the projects that didn't come to be. Right. Ooh. Um, so I did a cover for that, and that just got announced this weekend. Oh, great! And then a couple of weeks ago, they announced the uh, the Yorkai Monsters collection, which I did uh, nice. from Arrow Video. And uh, yeah, so that should be out October, I think. We've managed not to spoil that and get you in trouble. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Now we can uh, talk openly about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. So that's the that's the uh, Dai Yokai trilogy from sixty eight sixty nine, and the Takashi Miike uh, film Great Yokai War from two thousand five, um, and then uh, we've done. There's a booklet. There's like essays by me, uh, Stuart Galbraith the fourth. There's videos by. Um, uh, Zach Davison and. Uh, Matt Alt, who, who are both like yokai experts, mm-hmm. um, and there's a like fold out where we display all the ghosts from the trilogy and talk about them, and um, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful package. That's awesome. Very nice. Uh, anyway, that's up for pre-order, the limited edition. <clears throat> uh, I watched a uh, Chinese ghost movie called The Enchanting Ghost from 1970. Uh, directed by Chao Su Chang, and uh, this stars uh, Chang Mei Yao as Ryu, who's this, uh, the, who is the enchanting ghost of the title, and uh, Yang Li Hua as Yu Zhu, and she is also a woman, but she's playing a male scholar, which is a convention of um, older Chinese ghost uh, theatre. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, often the uh, the incredibly handsome scholar is played by a woman. Hmm. <laughs> um, Why is that? I don't know. It's, uh, it's, I imagine it's just uh, to convey how beautiful they are. Oh, okay. Because they've got to be attractive to uh, to other, you know, spirits from other dimensions as well as humans. Like um, the uh, the scholar in um, the Journey to the West epic. Uh, in the adaptations, they're more often than not played by women. Huh. Because they've got to be attracted to all the attracted, all the demons have got to be attracted to them, and in order for them to get into lots of trouble and have the monkey spirit rescue them. Ah, oh, I <laughs> um, see. But anyway, uh, this one's got heavy elements of Japanese ghost stories, like especially Yotsuya Kaidan. It's got uh, the idea that uh, poison will disfigure you, mm. and it's got uh, a ghost revenge, which involves tricking people into killing each other. Um, 
So that was kind of familiar and interesting to see in a Chinese movie. Uh, it's very mild on the horror. It's more of a romantic, uh, pure love story where they're up against the wicked world. Um, but you get you get really concerned about the characters and you spend a lot of time with them and uh, it, it, you know their fate is more affecting than a more um, uh, incident-heavy, explicit horror film um, in general. And, and it prepares you for the actual ghost appearing towards the end by the unearthliness of the uh, the woman who's living in this mansion which where the scholar ends up mm -hmm. but uh yeah it's, it's a very uh, pretty looking movie uh the house of the drip blood this is one of those uh, amicus yes portmanteau films you've tried watching this one right yes i can't get through it <laughs> i like it I've, this must be the third or fourth time i've seen it um i know i know it's it's not exciting <laughs> that's the thing i'm like i get into it and it, it's it, i think the first one is really interesting and then the second one I'm starting to wane, and by the third one, I'm just like, I can't keep my eyes open. It's just one of those movies, like uh, uh, AI, Steven Spielberg's oh, AI. Oh. I could not get to the end of that movie for years. I would get to a certain point, and it was, I was out, lights out, and I wake up, and the credits were rolling. I was like, what is with this movie? It wasn't like I hated it or I was bored or anything. Mm -hmm. It's just at some point it got slow enough and just lulls me to sleep. Uh, <coughs> so House of Drip Blood is directed by uh, Peter Duffel, who worked on the Edgar Wallace Mysteries for the BBC. Um, this has got a really good cast in it. Uh, Denon Elliott, um, Joanna Dunham, Peter Cushing, Wolfie Morris... Uh, Christopher Lee, Chloe Franks, Nari Dawn Porter, John Pertwee, Ingrid Pitt. Yep. Um, so it's, this has got uh, four stories and a wraparound story. Um, so the first one is about uh, Dominic the Strangler. Mm -hmm. And the uh, second one is this like a horror waxworks exhibit. One of them Salome. Mm, and yeah. Salome looks a lot like a woman that Peter Cushing used to yeah. be involved with. Um, the third one is called Sweets to the Sweet. It's about this involves witchcraft, and it's got Christopher Lee, and he's kind of being cruel to this little girl he's raising. Yeah, uh, that okay. that one's actually quite creepy at the end. Oh man! Uh, of course it is, especially because she's so good. Okay, Chloe Franks as the uh, as the girl, um, and then the fourth one is uh, the cloak, uh, which has got John Pertwee and Ingrid Pitt, who looks fantastic in this. Mm -hmm. Um, and this is uh, these are all uh, Robert Block stories, and uh, they I think they all appeared in earlier magazines, like uh, going back to the thirties. Um, I like, especially remember reading the cloak before. Were they like serialized in magazines? Yeah, being weird weird tales and things yeah. like that. Um, so uh, I, I really like the. Um, the cast uh it's a cozy movie uh, it's got uh it's got lovely dusty old crammed uh shops you know antiques and mm -hmm. waxworks and things that, that i remember enjoying when i was a kid in england oh yeah um probably violate all manner of uh fire codes fire codes and access <laughs> probably not none of them left um and uh, the, the last one is 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 really fun so John Pertwee is this 
uh, veteran horror actor, and he's really sending up Christopher Lee, especially. Yeah. Uh, but uh, do you know John Pertwee? He was mm-hmm. like the third Doctor Who. Oh, okay, okay yeah. Um, but he, he'd done mostly comedy up to this point. Um, so, it, yeah, he, he's this like really hammy actor, really really full of himself, and uh, he, he wants to be authentic, and he's, he's, he's very dismissive of this new vampire movie he's working on so he goes to this antique shop and he 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 gets this cloak which is said to be an actual you know vampire's cloak cloak from transylvania and uh and and then of course things start happening um but uh yeah bad things i imagine not good things (laughs) he got a better job he moved into a bigger house (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, all the, all the stories are this kind of vague, very tenuous link to the title. Yeah. There's not a spot of blood in this entire movie. No. Not even, no dripping of blood. Um, but Ing- Ingrid Pitt is so fun in this. I think she really enjoys this. Uh, yeah, she up. looks like she's an actress that had a lot of fun on the set. Yeah. Um, anyway, I enjoyed that. And uh, another British movie called uh, Tower of Evil. From 1971. No um, tower, no evil in the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this has got a bit of both. <laughs> right. uh, this is directed by John Connolly, who also worked in Edgar Wallace Mysteries, uh, B films. Um, this is also known as Horror on Snape Island, and uh, it was also um, re released in the US as Beyond the Fog 1981 mm. in order to trick John Carpenter fans into going to see it. Uh, um, so it was just uh, stickered over to be a mockbuster. Yeah. So this is a proto slasher, uh, but it's got an unusual structure. So um, there's a couple of old sorts arrive at this island off the West Country, mm-hmm. and a slashing has already happened. There's there's like dead teens all over the place in various bits, and uh, uh, there's one survivor, and she gets hauled back to this hospital, and and. Uh, you know she's she's in a terrible state and they're, they're trying to hypnotize her and and then another expedition sets out for the, the island because they've heard this story that the uh, the phoenicians landed there carrying a statue of baal and uh, made out of gold and they want to find it find yeah. this thing um the supernatural elements are a bit of a red herring uh i shouldn't shouldn't say that actually that spoils it a bit um but it's got uh bryant halliday uh he he's uh, an actor in it he was the uh he was also in uh he really liked uh, uh, horror films uh he was in devil doll curse of simba and the projected man oh, he, okay but he was the co-founder of janus films which you'll see at the start of a lot of criterion releases. yeah yeah uh he founded janus films back in 1956 wow. to, to release foreign art movies um jiwa hayworth uh, jack watson He's this great character actor, long-faced, grim-looking guy. Um, he was in Peeping Tom and Cor- Conga and The Gorgon. Uh, okay. Dennis Price is in it. You're, you're, you've seen him in um, just Franco films. <laughs> uh, George Kaluris, Robin Asquith, you'll remember from uh, Queen Kong and <laughs> Confessions of a Taxi Driver and all those. Um, he's, he's not in it much. Um, so it, uh, you've got uh, these two women from Denver and they hook up with a couple of guys at this music festival in the West Country and they go to the island and uh, uh, you see this in flashback but that's what ends up as the initial massacre and 
uh, yeah, it, it's, it's quite entertaining, um, atmospheric. Uh, it was released in the US on a double bill with Demons of the Mind and Death Race 2000, and then it was re-released as Beyond mm. the Fog. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a decent uh, proto-slasher. All right. Cool. That's it. That's it. All right. Um, it's funny you mentioned the house that dripped blood because I have that on this post-it note over here with some movies that I was going to see if I could find them on DVD when I go to uh, Twist and Shout where they've got the used DVD section. Oh. Also on that list was um, also on that list was Million Dollar Mermaid, which I discovered was on HBO Max. I think is where I found it. Um, yeah, they've got a, they've got a whole bunch of Esther Williams films on um, TCM this month. Oh, it's so cool because like um, listening to uh, you must remember this podcast uh, when they covered Esther Williams, I was just so intrigued because I know I've seen her stuff. I didn't know her by name, but I always saw those movies with all the crazy synchronized swimming, you know, the aerial shots. And I thought, I want to watch one of those. In mm -hmm. fact, that sounded like a good one to own. So I have not bought it, but I did find it on one of the platforms. And like I said, I think it was on HBO Max. And um, this one was, um, this stars Esther Williams, Victor Mature, Walter Pigeon, and David Bryan, uh, directed by uh, Mervyn Leroy. And uh, this one is from 1952 and looks and feels like that Technicolor, you know, spectacle from MGM. Yeah. And it is every bit of that. I was really uh, very pleased with myself to spot at the beginning where the little girl has polio and she's um, she's been sneaking down to the swimming hole to uh, swim because she can't. She's sort of her father's making her just practice the piano. And uh, she's been sneaking down and swimming. She's quite good at it. It looks like where the monster throws the girl in, in uh, Frankenstein. <laughs> May well be. And, and she's got a flower in her hand at some point. And I'm mm. like, yes, this is, this is that scene. Um, yeah, it's a, a little girl with polio who becomes a champion swimmer. And then it turns into sort of a carnival sideshow thing. And then it turns into she's appearing at the hippodrome and uh all this wonderful synchronized stuff is happening and there's probably not a single swimmer in this movie who's less than uh olympic quality you know and many of them might have even been olympians for all i know uh th those are dogs by the way for listeners who aren't familiar <laughs> They, it's not will transforming. Right. I'm <laughs> <They're> trying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we <laughs> Birdie looked over at you like, Whoa, what? What did you say? <laughs> yeah, these two will WrestleMania starts in the morning sometimes and just goes off. It's like what's that John Wayne movie? Uh Quiet Man? Is that the one that, with the fight scene? The that huge Donnybrook. WrestleMania 5? <laughs> WrestleMania 5 with John Wayne. Yeah, Quiet Man has a really long punch-up in it. Yeah, or They Live. It's like, for listeners who'd be more familiar with something, yeah, it's like They Live. Uh, so yeah, that one is, is uh, totally worth a watch for someone who's in the mood for that kind of thing. We're here to talk about mostly horror movies. So I watched... Fast and Furious, which is the yes. fourth movie, and I was told by the young woman at work who's into this sort of thing, 
No, you don't watch Tokyo Drift as the third movie. You you watch the fourth one that's just called Fast and Furious. They got rid of the the and the and. And um, then you skip back to the third one. And uh, it made so much difference. Because <laughs> you jump back to the third one where it's got none of the same characters until the last three minutes of the movie. I don't know if you remember this at all. It's like, no, I don't. You know, it's this kid from... I don't know, he's got a southern accent, and he's in trouble, and you're like, how is this ending up in Tokyo? And it's like, oh, he gets in trouble, and mom sends him there. This kid looks like he's 30, and he's supposed to be 17. I'm just not buying it. And then, uh, uh, apologies to any listeners who are anti-vaxxer nuts, but uh, this this actor turns out to be an anti-vaxxer nut. Uh that has little to do with the movie, but because uh, you know this is from so long ago. Uh, but yeah, I watched those two movies. That was the twist at the end. Yeah, <laughs> he perfected the Tokyo Drift, and then he got COVID. <laughs> right. Transforms into Rob Schneider. Which is yeah, which is crazy because this is from 2006. So Fast and Furious is from 2009, and for whatever reason, the characters are getting up to what they're getting up to, and then at the end of that movie, it's like. There's a lot of stuff going on in Tokyo. I'm gonna go there, <laughs> and then okay, we'll check it out. And uh, so they vroom vroom through two more movies and make millions of dollars off of people who are not as smart as our listeners. Um, right after you mentioned last week or the week before, why didn't they? Uh, or they were Transformers movies <laughs> without the Transformers. I heard somebody suggest. A crossover between the series <laughs> and have these characters driving the Transformers. Oh, like, okay. So you're not you're not alone. Okay, yeah. It's like Transformers, but the cars never turn into anything. Uh, I, I really enjoy the Fast and Furious. You know, it, it's it's nothing if not entertaining. You, you wait till you get to Hobbs and Shaw because it's a lot of it's set in Hawaii. Yeah, yeah, we, we really enjoyed that. Oh, I would, I would love that because you know I lived there for years, and, and it's always nice to see, uh, you know, the action movie take. Or my wife has watched a lot of these series that were set there, like Hawaii Five O, and uh, oh, what was the other one? Oh, the the new Magnum PI. Hmm. And so I, I get to see stuff I recognize all the time when that's on. It's kind of cool. Um, and then, uh, of course, a couple of uh, uh, monster, you know, beach monster bingo movies. Um, I did watch a couple other things. We'll talk about uh, one of them. Uh, let's see. Netflix has a new series, which you may not be interested in, called uh, uh, Top Secret UFO Projects Declassified. Now, that's one of those types. And they all called that, but... The words are in different order. Yeah, like, so they've got uh, they've got basically a bucket full of ping pong balls with words written on them. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> they shake it up and they pick like UFO declassified secrets, top, top. Re revealed. Yep. Um, yeah. So they so the the ping pong balls they picked out were uh, top secret UFO projects declassified. Disclosure. <laughs> right. Well, one of the episodes is called disclosure. I think. So this uh, is, I think, six episodes. The truth revealed. <laughs> yes, the word At last. <laughs> revealed. Um, yeah, revealed is one of those words that really belongs in one of these. Uh, now, here's the thing about this. Uh, 
I always like hearing another take on you know some of these famous cases or you know, interviews with some of these witnesses or accounts. The reenactments in this are all done with CG people. You remember when we talked about this, the shark movies where someone bought a CG shark program? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they just skinned it differently? Oh, now it's a Santa shark, now it's a zombie shark? Mm-hmm. Uh, they bought a package of people for this thing. <clears throat> now it's like, and then when they came over the horizon, they couldn't believe the glow they were seeing. And here's a bunch of these people who move kind of like uh, the characters in that... Uh, Dire Straits video from the 80s. <laughs> money for nothing. Ooh. Yeah, the money for nothing video. I'm picturing that now. There's some series on Paramount, I believe, that looks like... <clears throat> I think it's supposed to look like Claymation, but it's like the bastard child of Claymation and, and shitty CGI cartoons. Uh. Ooh. I don't remember what it was called, but it was hard to watch the trailers for it's just not okay. Fox News. Fox oh, no. News, that was it. <laughs> so this one, um, if you don't mind background watching something where they rehash all the stuff you've already, you're already familiar with, if you've watched any amount of, of UFO content at all, you know all these cases. Uh, I don't remember being surprised by them telling me anything I hadn't already heard, but... It was new content, so I watched it, or background watched it, folded laundry, did things. Um, If you're really into UFOs, go ahead and watch this. Uh, That is it for my recently watched, and uh, we did um, Beach Monster Bingo. So there's that. Um, Which ones did you watch? I watched The Horror of Party Beach and uh, Torso. Um, That's next week. Uh, Humanoids from the Deep. Me too. All right. Jolene, what did you watch? None of you saw Beach Goes and the Monster. I I did not. I wanted to. It won't play on the TV where I could have watched it. Uh Um, So I am still open to watching this. Yeah, you can hold on to the copy if you like. Uh, That would be great. Uh, Frank Sinatra Jr., really? Uh Uh-huh. Man. Yeah, he wrote... um, What was it? Uh... Dance Baby Dance. Oh, cool. With uh, Joanne Janus. Not Dance Magic Dance from Labyrinth? No. He didn't, he didn't write that? He okay. didn't, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, he's, he's not as good as the Dell Ayers, is he? Not as good as his dad, either. <laughs> as a lot of people have pointed out. So not even close. Do you want to give a rundown of the uh, plot? For our listeners, if they've not watched... Uh, this the f- is a movie by John Hall, uh, who, who appeared in <clears throat> Tropical Island movies in the 30s and 40s, I think. He was in Hurricane and a couple of those women's in Sarong movies they, they oh, used to make. Oh, yes. Um, so he plays Dr. Otto Lindsay as well, as well as directing this. Wow. And uh, he he's having travel with his... Uh, his uh, the kids on the beach and uh, his wife is also this hard drinking woman who goes out and parties with various men um, and he's got this uh, guy living in the house called Mark who's a sculptor uh, played by an actual sculptor named uh, Walker Edmiston hmm. um, he had this show in LA called the Walker Edmiston show where he, and he made all the puppets for it including Kingsley the Lion 
who you see in the movie. Oh, nice. Uh, uh, this uh, clam bake or whatever on the beach at night, and um, <laughs> he brings out his line, and everyone thinks it's hilarious. Um, <laughs> People were easily amused back then. This was in the 60s, right? Yep, mid-60s. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, Dr. Otto's got this... Uh, uh, I, I wanted you to see this because it's you're into this like uh, mid-century modern stuff. Oh yeah, uh, so they actually filmed it at this house in uh, Brentwood in West Los Angeles, oh. uh, which is the residence of Shirley Rose, who was the art director of the film. Um, but it's it's nice like open plan living room thing. Ooh, um, and it's got some cool cars in it as well. Um, uh, this has got uh, music by Chuck Sagal and the Hustlers. Frank Sinatra Jr. and Joan Javis, uh, Arnold Lessing, who also plays Richard in the movie, and uh, there's also a song called uh, "There's a Monster in the Surf," which is uh, written by Walker Emerson, the sculptor, <clears throat> and uh, Elaine Dupont, who plays Jane in the movie. So basically, um, you got uh, people hanging out on the beach and uh, a monster uh, kills one of the women, and uh, hides out in a cave and um, you know, various other people get clawed to death and um, yeah I don't, I don't want to give it, give it away but uh, um, there's a mystery to it and um, lots of people <coughs> hanging out on the strip and hanging out on the beach <laughs> and watching surfing footage so this monster is basically the same one of horror of Party Beach, except for it doesn't have hot dogs in its Not mouth. Not as goofy as that, no. Right. Yeah, it looks about the same. I'm looking at some yeah. some pictures of it. Yeah, they're both made around the same time on opposite coasts Yeah, this, this of, is a, uh, of the U.S. So this one was filmed in uh, California. Oh, okay. At least it was around Los Angeles appropriately filmed in San, Santa Monica and so on. Not in Connecticut or wherever the other one was. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Horror Party Beach is filmed in Connecticut. No. Really? Yep. What, so what's the <coughs> is, is the tone of this thing trying to be serious? Yeah, generally. Okay. Yeah, because there's a little bit of silliness to Horror of Party Beach, but you could tell that Del Tenney is trying to make that movie in earnest, and he's just not good enough at it. Yeah, and they throw in all these jokes in between scenes. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, Oh man! <laughs> oh, some great jokes, isn't it? Like, uh, oh. are you guys into bathing beauties? <laughs> I don't know. I've never bathed one. Right. Uh. Yeah. That joke was so old in the sixties. <laughs> yeah, that was a dad joke back then, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, they were. There were a lot of groaners. Yeah. In the horror party beach. You know, it's weird because I asked Jolien, was was that movie made to look like it was made in 64? Or was it actually... And then I didn't realize it was a Del Tenney movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I paid attention to... Because I watched this, I don't know, six months or a year ago. Uh, and I don't think I was watching the titles when it came on. And I'm watching the movie thinking, are they messing with me? Is this... <laughs> it was just filmed like five years ago. And mm-hmm. they just made it like they were good enough. A beautiful recreation of Connecticut, nineteen sixty-four. You know, no. I've I've watched things where they try to immerse you in the fifties or the sixties, and uh, like you lose me if you get something wrong. 
you know, and I'm not talking like somebody walks by with, uh, you know, uh, iPhone pods sticking out of their ears or something. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it'll there'll, there'll be certain fixtures or uh, maybe it's a hodgepodge of, of uh, decor around a place that are just not from the right era. Right. Um, but the other thing about Horror <clears throat> Party Beach I noticed, uh, I don't mean to be rude, but the uh, uh, how people look. Yeah. Uh, people just wouldn't look like that now in, in the movie. In general, no, they wouldn't. No. Yeah, they were they were much more slim, and uh, if that's what you mean. I mean, generally, people were very slim. Yeah. Um, the, 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 yeah, they're not sculpted. You know, even, even the, you know, the... the you know, the boys and girls of the beach yeah they're not like a, they're just average, straight out of the gym average Connecticuters yeah yeah aren't they called uh, nutmeggers Connecticuters <laughs> I don't know is it uh, there's something about nutmeg in one of these places and I think it's Connecticut uh, I'm sure if we have a listener from there they're gonna be like oh whatever if we most have people, a listener, yeah. Yeah, most people don't get it right. I mean, we have a lot of listeners. All right. At least for one episode at a time. Some That's of all come, we can do. Some come back for more. The ones where we're nude. <laughs> yeah. We get the highest figures. Right. So uh, is is the Frank Sinatra Jr. just a on the poster art, just a gimmick? No, he, he wrote that Dance Baby Dance song. Yeah, but that's it? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's all. That all he contributes to the movie. Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. Uh, I don't know. He's, if he's also in the costume. Play the monster. <laughs> uh, anything that disappoint his father, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your father would have played a better monster. <laughs> right. That's what everyone was telling him. Uh, Frank would have played a great monster. You kid, you you know you're no Frank Senior. That's all I gotta say. Um, so, does this uh, does this make with the music like a musical, or is it just like soundtrack kind of background stuff? Uh, it's all part of the film. Yeah, they they perform songs on the beach okay. when they're sitting around and playing the guitar and so on. So similar to the Delairs, only yeah, they don't like bust out like in a routine like in a proper musical. Right. Okay. Well, that's cool. I, I mean, I definitely want to see this. It's just like I said, I've got two two different players, and one of them doesn't like to play that type of disc. But um, do you recommend this for people who like old monster movies? Yeah, I mean, if you want a time capsule, I mean, if you're into beach movies, I mean, this is not a high bar, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, how many of these are there? Uh, the the monster ones. There's just these this couple. Really? On on in the the beach series with like Frankie Avalon and oh, like sure. you have like horror stars and them like Boris Karloff Vincent Price and so on but I'm more talking up in them I'm more talking about like because they're AIP you know oh yeah, yeah. Uh, but actual Gilman versus Beach Girls movies I think these are the only two I feel like there's got to be more I mean there's okay there's got to be more crappy looking monsters going after teens but sure on the beach. But, yeah, we're talking the beach, though. And it has to be a beach party. <laughs> yeah, they, they, have to, they have to be singing and dancing and, you know. Yeah, I don't think so. I, I, the beach 
series veered off into horror with uh, with there's like a haunted house one, mm. um, like Ghost in the Invisible Bikini. Um, but the promise uh, is something that doesn't happen. Off the beach. There's a promise in that title that just doesn't happen in the movie. It's that yeah. Gidget movie where she's the last girl. <laughs> <laughs> she's naked. Uh, uh, right. Well, I'm glad you recommended. I am going to watch it. Uh, Will, you've not seen this at all? No, no, I have not seen this, although I recognize the monster. Yeah, yeah, we've got pictures of it pulled up. Um, so the horror of Party Beach, the, the one that I wasn't sure... Yeah, what, anyone? Yeah. Yeah, usually, okay... And I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you guys like a great example of of when people try to fake something as being from the 50s or 60s and they get it wrong. Um, there was some UFO thing that was supposed to be set in the 40s or 50s, and they wanted an old-fashioned looking fridge, but they got one of these new ones that's called the Big Chill. It's new and it's made to look old, mm-hmm. so it's it's retro, but it's. It was never made before, you know, 15 years ago or 10 years ago, whatever. And I see that in the kitchen. And I'm like, okay, I'm out. I can't believe anything you're doing here. And But then you see the cabinets aren't the cabinets of the era. They're, they're like like the 80s oak with the kind of little scallop detail at the corner. And it's like, mm, okay, I'm really, really out of this one. I can't do it. It wasn't that good anyway, but it was some UFO thing. And... Uh, to set something in a period, you really have to get the costume right, and you really have to get the decor of the sets right. You also have to, <clears throat> you also have to get the the way it's filmed right. Yeah, because you can pick up on movies like this looks like it was filmed in the late '60s compared to say this was filmed in the late '40s. Right. It's not necessarily something I can verbalize, but it's something that mm. I can notice when you see you it. Know, um, like the Love Witch, I don't know what she did, but she made it look mm-hmm. like it was made in 1972. Right. Yeah. And if you told me that movie was from 1972, I would believe you, because it, yeah, it looks dead on. It's probably the best example I've seen of. She not only got the costumes and the decor right, she got the way the actors looked right and the way it was filmed. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's camera movements, it's lighting, it's, you know, how long they hold on a shot, all sorts of things that are, yeah. you can start to break them down by decade, you know, if you watch enough movies. Yeah, anything that predates um, certain cameras, you know, Panaflex or um, uh, the steady cam and that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Anything the, that predates that. Film stock has to be right. That too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, the film stock. That's a big one. Yeah, you can you can f- fake some stuff in post, but you, to make it believable. God, there's <clears> so <throat> many awful found footage movies with it. They just apply a a filter. Yeah, a scratch filter. Or <laughs> and it's you can tell it repeats <laughs> way too soon. Yeah, like just a few seconds. Check out. There's that. a there's that squiggle again. That squiggle keeps coming up, same yep. spot. Yep, so that's the thing. So, um, so the plot of this one is basically a, a bunch of uh, dullards who are <laughs> tasked with getting rid of some nuclear waste, and they just uh, just chuck it in the harbor. They just chuck it in the harbor <laughs> haphazardly, and, and it, is, it is held in place by this little. 
cork or something that pops yeah. out. As it see. pops out the second it hits the ground. <laughs> right. Oh, it hits, it hits something slightly firm. And the cap pops right out. And uh, whatever the syrup was they used came mm-hmm. floating out. And um, it, they, it, they found a, it works its way over to a skull. And that mm-hmm. creates some kind of DNA cocktail and makes fishmen. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's scientifically accurate. First time I watched this, I uh, probably the early hours of a morning, but it was one of those Johnny Legend marathons at the the Scala. In uh-huh. London. So this could have been some ungodly hour of the night. Oh my god! And um, and uh, yeah, he showed this, and it got to that like, origin part, and I was quite impressed by it. It's called this like assemblage of soundtracks from and music from other things. Yeah. Kind of splice together, makes this kind of cacophony. That was kind of cool. Um, but then this, like, skeleton's regenerating into this humanoid creature. And I thought, this is like the origin of the uh, <coughs> the uh, Swamp Thing reboot, where you have the the swamp regenerates in, yeah, into yeah. what it thinks is a man, but it doesn't get it right as the Swamp Thing. And this is, like, similar. It, like, takes a, a human corpse and all this protozoa yeah. and so on creates this kind of humanoid creature from it. Yeah, I didn't put that together, but that but is that, like that's the probably, yeah, thing. four yeah. in the morning thinking. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I imagine this movie was great at like four in the morning. Sh- shall I read you the entry from Psychotronic? Please. Please. Horror of Party Beach, 1964. Forget anemic teen horror films like Ghost in the Invisible Bikini. This low-budget gem from Stanford, Connecticut features kids on the beach dancing to the zombie stomp and a girl who drinks hard liquor and strips for bikers meanwhile radioactive waste turns human skulls in the bottom of the ocean into horrible monsters they kill the wayward girl on the beach then all the girls at a slumber party if you remember that scene they killed Mm -hmm. 20 people (laughs) yes um if you don't understand what's happening newspaper headlines monsters strike monsters strike again and mass murder at slumber party are shown to keep you informed Mm. <laughs> um, with great music by the Delairs, lame jokes, phony blood, a sports car driven through New York City, and a maid named Eulabelle, who saves the day by knocking over a beaker of sodium on a living monster hand which promptly disintegrates. Billed as the first horror musical, it's a cool classic that also has also turned into a photo comic book. Really? The photo comic book, um, the, the actual original drawn bits sound effects and so on were done by Wally Wood really yeah wow oh cool um but anyway uh yeah I, I really enjoyed this one yeah this is a this is a, a goofy goofy fun film um, apparently the biker gang that shows up to sort of not really bust up the beach party mm-hmm. I guess we're real bikers yeah, actual uh, actual MC yeah and uh they were uh, explained as being a notch below, but somehow affiliated with the Hell's Angels. Mm. So, a franchise. Yeah, I think they. Yeah, they were just sort of. Uh, yeah, I think it would be a way to That's look. That's what at the Hell's it. Angels really should have gotten into. Franchising, Franchising their name. Oh yeah, they. they are and not, the methamphetamine. <laughs> they're not to be messed with. <clears throat> um, yeah, they were. They were interesting. Uh, they were cleaner than bikers would be portrayed as a few years later mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh they weren't my favorite characters my i think my favorite character was Eulabelle. yes 
Um, <laughs> like she just kept sassing she the boss. She saves the day every time. She's, she's like, voodoo. <laughs> He's like, stop talking about voodoo. And she'd be walking out of the room, voodoo. <laughs> like, she figures out how to, you know, by accident, she figures out how to destroy the monsters. And she also prompts the guy into finding out where to get more of this. The, uh, sodium. sodium yeah. yeah, she is really the hero. You're right. Yeah. And, uh, and these uh, annoying white kids are just bumbling through this thing getting murdered. Man, the lead in this, he looks like he's about 35. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, this is like... Like, why is dad on the beach with these kids? Oh, wait, <laughs> these kids aren't kids either. Uh-huh. Except the the one guy who's like the guitar player of the, of the band. With the glasses? With the glasses. <laughs> yeah. He looked like he was about 15. Yeah. Everybody yes. else is about 20 years older than him. He was having a great time. You could yeah. t- you could watch that guy. Yeah, yeah. He's he's got the Buddy Holly glasses. Mm-hmm. He's rocking. Uh, like in the first scene where the hero shows up with his hard drinking girlfriend, and he goes, "I've grown up." Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Didn't <laughs> stop, did you? Yeah, you're older than that guy in that uh, Fast <laughs> and Furious movie. <laughs> yeah, this uh, this is great. I mean, w- one of the things that made me think, and this may just be. All- what you need to know about Del Tenney. Um, he was the director, um, not the writer, though. Uh, he held on the shots of the girls' butts a little too long for 1964, and I started thinking, they didn't do that in movies back then, like, so blatantly. Doing the beach movies. Yeah, do the they? beach movies, yeah. yes. Yeah. Long okay. wiggling butts. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. This, I mean, this was just... The, this one actually has a joke about buns. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the hot dogs and the buns or whatever, yeah. And then I started thinking, well, they got the hot dogs sticking out of those monsters' mouths. Yes. They, they weren't oh, good fangs. I yeah. see where your mind is going. Yeah, see? <laughs> do, so, you, do you love those creatures? Oh, man, that is great design. So I don't know what the hot dogs are supposed to be. <laughs> Some kind of fangs or what? something? What are they? Just Nobody let... said n- no. No. That No. Yeah, I mean, you'd think they would have some meetings where, you know, somebody would have to run something past one or more people and say, okay, here's what we came up with. Here's what the eyes are going to look like. Ooh, those are scary-looking eyes. These were designed by Bob the Berkmos, but they were built. The sculpt was done at the studio of uh, Goodson Borglum. Oh, the sculptor of the Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore. What? <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> what? Wouldn't you think Mount Rushmore would be... Much yes. improved if they had hot dogs sticking out. I think so. <laughs> yeah. What are those? Yeah. Well, those are freedom dogs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, that is insane. Yeah, that guy was... He was nothing if if uh, not ambitious uh, to, to be sculpting a granite mountain. Yeah. Oh. When, when was that built? In the 20s? I want to say they start in the 20s or 30s. I, I, I would have to run run by that again. But uh, back in, uh, oh, what would it have been? About 2000, 2001, I got to see Crazy Horse. Cause oh, yeah, they, I saw that. They went gangbusters and finished the face of the sculpture. Now, to give you some scale for anyone who has seen Mount Rushmore, you can fit all four faces of the presidents within the area of Crazy Horse's face. So that is a massive sculpture, and it's beautifully done. Like, this is somebody who's like, I'm carrying this kind of work forward, but with a different kind of message. Um, 
but yeah, if you go to South Dakota, you can't miss it. You know, you're a fool if you don't take the the side the sidetrack like we just did. South Dakota's all sidetrack. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you ever been to Wall, South Dakota? No, I've never been to South Dakota. Wall drug? Oh it's my huge. goodness. Huge, I know that. Biggest tourist trap you will ever see. <laughs> so um yeah, uh we probably get what four or five dance party scenes mm-hmm. on the beach in this movie. It really delivers. It's a party beach. And there is horror. And there's a bigger slumber party massacre than slumber party yes. massacre. Slumber party massacre, what is it? Two killings? Three? What is it? Yeah, How I think that's uh, two killings. Forget about it. Yeah. It's, yeah, there's like a couple of monsters. This went through the whole senior class. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there were no girls left. There are no women left in this town. Right. It's over. You guys are going to have to go meet some women at the next town over. I, while we were talking, I did look up uh, what do you call a person from Connecticut. And the Connecticut is known as the Constitution State. Uh, but the Nutmeg State is uh, sort of an unofficial nickname for the state. And hence, Nutmegger is what you call someone from Connecticut. They call themselves that. And I learned this from... But you don't. I, they can call themselves that. <laughs> right. <laughs> And don't use a hard R. Right. <laughs> on the magger part. Right. Uh, so, yeah. That, that's something, you know, in, in case we left anyone hanging on that. So, I've watched this now twice. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm just going to watch this <laughs> whenever Yeah, I'm... I watch this every once in a while. <laughs> you throw on Horror Party Beach. Yeah. I didn't usually let it make it all the way through, but, you know, you laugh at the monsters, and then, you know... Oh, this is great to watch with an audience. Oh, I imagine. Oh, yeah, this the, would be fantastic with people who haven't seen it. Oh, God, the, the car full of dumb girls that... Oh, they're my favorite. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, From New woman, Jersey. There's that one woman with that really heavy accent. Yeah, she's like, fill me up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, What's the line about, uh, they hear a noise and she says, unless it's the sound of money rustling, I don't hear it. Yeah. Right. (laughs) She was a treat. She's great. And I I believe they were driving a Belvedere, which is the same thing as uh, a Fury, essentially. Oh, cool. So if you recognize the shape of the car, it's looking like Christine. Yeah, there's fins. Yeah, it's because it it is essentially the same car. Um, Yeah, I love this one. who do, you, who do you not recommend this to? People who are snobby about their movies? Yeah. People who are like, oh, a monster looks stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, it does. That's part of the charm. The jokes are terrible. It's how dumb the monster looks. And they, hold, they, hold, they hold the butt-shaking scenes for just an uncomfortably long <laughs> time to make you wonder if it's even an old movie. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's so much the butt-shaking is that... A lot of the bikini bottoms are really unflattering. <laughs> yeah. And they look kind of like diapers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here's the thing. is like They didn't have Lycra yet. Yeah, if, there was, if this was 1982 and those were Lycra butts, it'd be fine. Yeah, it'd, it'd, be, it'd be hard body. And yeah, you'd be like, ah, oh, but these are just like regular nutmangers in their diaper bottoms. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I've lost look. all Connecticut fans. <laughs> right. No, I, I like them more. <laughs> really? I can't, I, you know, I, I don't want to hang out with hard body. No, exactly. No, no. The, uh, 
the next movie we talk about, you know, it also uh, has that sort of uh, appeal because the leading man was Troy McClure or oh, Doug yeah. McClure, <laughs> <Troy> McClure. <laughs> Doug McClure, and uh, and then Vic Morrow. It's like mm-hmm. neither of these guys are very good looking, <laughs> and they're leading this movie. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll watch anything Troy McClure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Doug McClure. Doug McClure. <laughs> Troy McClure. I'm Troy McClure. Well, that's I'm who he's, sh- he's named after. Right? I'm sure. Yeah. But yeah, I love Doug McClure. He's he's in uh, some of my favorite movies of the 70s. Um, oh, he's in those great. D- yeah, Land of Time for God. Yeah, those are fantastic. It's just Love shoot him. everything. That's his answer. Yeah, it turns up at some fabulous lost world. By the end of the movie, you know, 90 minutes later, it's destroyed. <laughs> everything killed. Genocide. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, if, you, if you're a member of a lost civilization and Doug McClure turns up, you better pack. Yeah, <laughs> right. it's over. Well, I can't. I say also it. love how those movies are supposed to be set like World War One or right before. Mm-hmm. He always looks like he's 1970, whatever. Yeah. Whenever they filmed it, yeah. everybody else is they're doing their part, but <laughs> Doug's like, "Nah, I'm wearing my own clothes. No, right. I'm not cutting my hair." <laughs> <laughs> It's like when Happy Days started to just kind of get out of control and everyone was wearing flare leg pants and poofy blow-dried hair. Yeah, they like, just I, I stopped believe, caring. Yeah, I don't point. believe these kids are in the you know, late 50s or early 60s or whatever they're supposed to be. Um, yeah, I can't say enough good things about uh, Horror of Party Beach. Uh, so let's move on to something of a little more somber tone. Humanoids from the Deep. Yes. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> the most astonishing thing... I have to tell you guys, it was reading that Rob Bottin. I'm like, mm. who's the jerk that made these crappy costumes? And I'm reading the credits, and I'm like, Rob Bottin? How? What happened here? What happened? Was he drunk? Did he lose a bet, and he had to do everything with his left hand? He didn't uh, have any money. Yeah. What? Uh, I don't know what happened here, but... Uh, I didn't think they looked that bad. Yeah. No? Uh, they. I mean... I thought the brain part was kind of creative. You don't see that on a fish mm-hmm. man. That did look good. You know, um, I like the scenes where they didn't use the same arms on all yes. of them. Right. But some of them had real long <laughs> arms covered in seaweed. I like those arms a lot. They look yeah. creepy. Uh, they needed to decide on an arm length and, and uh, go with it. This really delivers in the gore as well. Like some oh. of those, uh, yeah, you can... Robertine really delivers on some of those oh, yeah. gnarly mutilations and things. I like the guy gets his face bitten off and he's just kind of hunched over in yes. the water. He's not floating. <laughs> it's like, why is he standing like that? Yeah. So uh, weird. They should have subtitled This movie's called Monster. Mm-hmm. Should have subtitled it, Does the Dog Die? <laughs> oh, yes. So, yes. Several dogs. Nine dogs die in this film. Oh, yeah, it was rough. I wasn't. I wasn't really happy about that. But uh, you yeah. could also call it racism, rape, and research. <laughs> racism, rape, and research. True, true. Because wow, Vic Morrow's terrible. <laughs> and he goes on to do that again in Twilight Zone, the movie. And then after that, he didn't do that anymore. No, no. He just he sort didn't. of stopped right there. Well, I put a note down: Vic Morrow and a stunt involving a child. Mm. What could go wrong? <laughs> Now you're making me want to tell my Vic Morrow joke, but I'm not going mm. to. <laughs> Let's see, what else do, do I you have want to hear here? It? <laughs> you you want brought to it up a couple times. This is our second Vic Morrow movie in, a, in 
<laughs> two, in a row. Two weeks or, no, I'm not going to tell it. I'll tell you guys off mic, but it's, okay. it's, it's really tasteless. Um, at 12 minutes and 45 minutes into the movie, behind Vic Morrow, Vincent Van Gogh appears. Ah. Stop it. You'll be uh, amazed. Okay. I will. That's an approximate time. Okay. All right. uh, let's see what else. Oh, this movie proved that a woman can do the male gaze as well as a man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, um, uh, those, especially the, the rape scenes that she, those were added in. I wondered about that. I yeah. A lot of it, I was like, I think this bit was added in. It seems like this slightly different tone. Yeah, like especially if you watch the deleted scenes and the and the Blu-ray, they, mm. look, they look like really different. The whole way they shot is different. Yeah. Um, at some point, there's a naked girl running from a killer. Uh-huh. Rob Zombie direct this. <laughs> right. At least now, a big influence. Are you talking about the one that, that runs from the tent? Yes. You really buried the lead on that one. What happens in the tent? Yes. Um, I have 34 minutes and 48 <laughs> seconds. What the fuck? Vent porn. <laughs> Ventriloquist dummy gets a guy laid. That is... That happens every day. Oh, man. Never, ever, ever happened. Yeah, I'm, it was creepy. I am and weird. surprised Candace I kind of like this movie. I'm just gonna say that. You know, it, may, it might have been different in uh, Edgar Bergen's day, but uh, younger listeners don't know what no, the hell Edgar I'm Bergen was pulling so many women. <laughs> yeah, I bet he was, honestly. Charlie's yapping away, and women are throwing their panties on the stage. He's, Hotel room keys. <laughs> Charlie McCarthy's catching him in his teeth. Yeah. <laughs> Mortimer Snurd is like his wingman. <laughs> oh, n- nobody under 60 knows what the fuck we're talking about. We're Who just making up words. The fuck is Mortimer Snurd? Before our time, too. I, yeah, totally. I know. Yeah. Like, I think my dad would have been like, oh, that's some really old crap there, isn't it? Yeah. Didn't you, don't you love the historical fact that they put Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy on the radio? On the radio? Uh. Not quite the same, but one time uh, I was in the grocery store and I this old guy, I don't remember what happened, but I used the phrase, wrong way, Corrigan. <laughs> and he laughed and he was like, how do you even know that? <laughs> he was about 70, so... <laughs> Oh, good times. Uh, okay, what else did you have? No, well, let's <laughs> see. Notes. We're going on. This this one one of the times I've actually taken notes. Yeah. Uh, How do you not with this movie? Boy, these are some ugly beaches. Yeah. I mean, I know there were things on the beaches that are supposed to be, oh, that bird, maybe it got killed. I think that was an actual dead bird they just happened to film on the beach or that shoe. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, terrible. Uh... I tried to count the number of fishmen costumes they had. Mm. They could have no more than three. Yeah, three it's the only scene uh, they're shot from above that you see three in one shot. Every other shot in the movie, there's no more than two. Yeah, Horror of Pie Beach, they managed six. That's what I was yeah. about to say. I was, ab- I was about to uh, brag up our favorite movie. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. So uh, those costumes must have been pretty, pretty expensive. Um, I came up with a new drinking game watching this, <laughs> whereas instead the. It doesn't quite work because you'd have to have foreknowledge of the movie and that goes against what the drinking game is. But basically my version would be you watch the movie and you write down all the alcohol the characters consume and then when you rewatch it you drink with them. <laughs> oh, okay. Cuz there's like a they're taking out like uh cases of cases of Olympia. Olympia, that was it. It was like yeah. some shitty beer. <clears throat> Yeah. Uh, you know, they're drinking Budweiser at some point at the party, or, or not at the party, but at uh, whatever the guys, they're having a fish fry at his house, and before the monsters attack them, they're drinking Budweiser, they're drinking, I don't remember, some liquor, you could, you could see the bottle at pretty much all of these, so, yeah. Near the end of the movie, you see once again that man proves that uh, we're really good at killing things when they <laughs> team up on that monster and beat him to death with sticks. So this is they one. are so gleeful. It is just it's crazy. They go from total horror to just like yeah, kill it. Yeah, they were they went. I don't blame completely them. Completely bananas on that monster. Uh, uh, it, this had a lot in common with Jaws, didn't it? Uh, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Well, not a lot. Okay. You know, there's. A, I, I even put a note down. Of course, there's a festival or a regalia. Mm. Oh, or that, a, that attack on the fairground is awesome. Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love the fact that they keep cutting back to this uh, salmon and crab shack. And I, mm-hmm. I, I, I want to know how they're serving it. Like, is it, is it just like a one of those little uh, paper uh, french fry baskets full of salmon and you, they just give you a plastic fork and send you on your way? Or is it on a stick? Is it a funnel cake with crab folded into it? I, I gotta know. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But it's, it's just a booth that says salmon, crab. Okay. Salmon, crab. Salmon, crab. Uh, Cram and salmon. What else do I have? <laughs> oh, I found the radio announcer oddly calm when you when they you know were playing him talking over the radio in person he he was acting frightened but over the radio he's like people are getting torn apart oh the humanity oh the humanity (laughs) this is terrible look out miss (laughs) yeah it took the monster uh flipping his table and and starting to tear into him for him to finally get upset yeah and then even though the microphone's on the ground. He's still broadcasting over the radio. Same, same volume. Same demeanor. Yeah. <laughs> and the uh, salmon queen. Yes. Yeah, she didn't seem to know how to run away from a monster. But when she finally started fighting back, I mean, she was topless and fighting back with a rock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was pretty Very heroic. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Roger Corman wouldn't have it any other way. She can't keep her top on while fighting back with a rock. Yeah, that's his uh, his his idea of feminism. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If that, if that monster tears your top off, you beat him with a rock. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. This movie had had, had feminists throwing paint at the screen. Hmm. Ah, not surprised. Mm-hmm. Well, what sells a movie better than tits? Uh, Fishman uh, rape. That's the motto of Pixar. and finally my last note on here that i see uh, is uh uh, regarding the ending somebody saw alien 
Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that is... Very gross. It's a belly burster scene. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're, are we supposed to expect a sequel? I think that's one of those tacked on bits. No. Done after, was it Penelope Spheris directed this? Uh, no. Um, oh, let's jump back. Uh, but anyway, I think that was one of the Barbara scenes. Barbara something? Yeah, Barbara Peters. Peters. Um, yeah. yeah, this is, that, I think that was one of the scenes that was tacked on after she. That looked like it was. It seemed very tacked on. It seemed, it had that feeling of something filmed afterwards, you know. Um yeah no i don't think they were leaving it open for a sequel i think it was just supposed to be sort of a bleak hopeless ending uh, and you were like thank god it was only 90 minutes yeah it is no dill tennies no i didn't actually mind it i thought it was going to be a lot worse but uh i have a sick mind <laughs> yeah she uh could not have been happy with this. I didn't imagine she was. Yeah, it was uh, her and the woman that played the doctor both wanted their names taken off of this. Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, they didn't get their wishes, but um, I do see that her career after this, she went to strictly television. Yeah. I think she just had enough after working on this one. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, um, I'm not surprised. Yeah, I was surprised, however, that... Uh, she, 1973 and 74, was a production assistant on Soul Train. Hmm. So, yeah. I always I always like seeing uh, clips of Soul Train when they do the dance-off scenes. And you watch the cartoon train and then you turn it off. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I watched as a child. It's like people dancing. Uh, this is boring. Who wants to see this? So, um... Did we cover it pretty well? I think uh, we covered it exhaustively. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how about the recommends on this one, you guys? Is if you're filling out your Fishman movies. Yeah. Um, Essential I was less <laughs> angry at it than I was with Shape of Water. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. Even though it was not a very good movie. Yeah. I didn't mind the fish people costumes. Yeah, I was... I was, uh, uh, I was not bored by this one. I wasn't bored, yeah. Right. Doug McClure's in it. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? Uh, yeah, everything's kind of cold and damp looking in this one. Uh, it's kind of dreary. Um, I think that adds to the atmosphere. Yeah, was a plaid. Gives it that Seattle vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, although they're in Northern California. Yeah. It feels like they're further north. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't decide where they were supposed to really be because his boat, said san francisco on the back and a couple others did yeah but they kept talking about salmon yeah and so i don't know if they get a lot of salmon in mendocino but oh well yeah it was it's a northern california shot movie but it felt like they were trying to do yeah the seattle area the the actual pacific northwest um but yeah i I think it is kind of essential viewing for gilman you know sea creature kind of movies yeah you, this is one of them that sort of stands out as being a prominent it looks pretty good it's it's not got any you know real major defects although i did notice twice in the movie they rewound the film to to get a shot when the boy goes in the water yeah they rewound it so it looks like he's being pulled under but uh-huh. it doesn't uh-huh. um 
And then, <clears throat> strangely, when the fish man is on the roof of the girl's truck and is breaking through the windshield, and she finally stops, slams on the brakes, and he goes flying. Um, for the shot where he's getting up, they just rewound the film of him rolling onto the ground. It was weird looking. <laughs> I didn't notice that. Yeah. There was one other shot that was something that was like, did they reverse that too? But it was so quick, I, I couldn't really tell. But those two were pretty obvious. So. Yeah. Well, um... But, yeah, I recommend it. Okay. Julian, same? Yeah. Yeah. Dogs and rape. Dogs and rape and racism. So, you know, trigger warnings. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, it's got a good poster, but I think it was by Bob Larkin. Yeah. Uh, But this is basically the only Gilman movie you had for, like, 20 years. Yeah. 20, 30 years. I uh, I kind of wish that the uh, Native American character had let the fish man chew on Vic Morrow just a little bit. <laughs> just, just uh, okay, now. <laughs> Shoot him. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. There's, there's a lot going on there. But, you know, you knew that scene was going to come up, that he was going to be rescued, because he had to have that kind of turn i guess yeah and quit being such an asshole yeah i wish that maybe bring barbara peters or Catherine biglow back and do a remake of this and, oh that'd be great yeah do it right yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right well should we call it a show mm-hmm. let's call it great so next week we'll be talking about the 1973 giallo torso which listeners watch the preview it's it's hilarious uh, well, I shouldn't say it's hilarious. It's it's stunning how how it's uh, produced. Torso. 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 Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listeners, thank you for listening. Stay off the party beach. <laughs> <laughs>